0: welcome to The Straw Hat with Rabbi David Wolkenfeld and Rabbanit Goldie-Guy. We are the official podcast of Anshe Shalom Sholom Israel Congregation, an Orthodox synagogue in the Lakeview neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois.
1: Happy Yisru uh, We are recording this the day after Pesach, uh, so welcome to all of our listeners. Happy uh, post-Pesach uh, to all of you. And so how is Pesach for you?
0: I think the best post-chag question I saw was what was the first khametz that you ate? So what 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 was the first khametz that you ate?
1: I, I actually, I don't think I, I've had any you yet.
0: You just told me you got bagels.
1: I got bagels for the freezer because <laughs> our kids take them for lunch <laughs> to school. So tomorrow morning I can toast them for their kids' lunch. But I didn't eat a bagel. Wow. I, we had a lot of uh, leftovers that really like tasty food from Pesach. So I didn't feel the need to to eat as uh, a terrible. oh my gosh what a disappointing answer that i know is, what, so uh, what, how about how about you what was your first <laughs> I, I
0: really wanted a bowl of cereal like normal cereal yeah uh, so that's what i did post chag i had a nice bowl of cereal
1: that's that's great thank that's great. you i had i had coffee using in, in, in one of my non-pesach mugs oh <laughs> so not even
0: not not even the uh, stick creamer
1: no sorry yeah um all right I, I,
0: for you is tomorrow then <laughs> is for you. Yeah. We'll,
1: we'll see we'll see how long i can keep this up but uh no, i don't feel any urgency i don't i don't i don't miss chametz the way some members of my family do the way some members of the general public do i i eat well in pesach and so i'll encounter chametz in its natural environment in the course of my life i'm sure but i have not and that hasn't happened yet um <laughs> So how was Pesach? How was how was Pesach like for you? I had different, obviously, from the Pesachs of uh, of recent years, but, um, but I thought it was a lot nicer than last year. And uh... Oh,
0: yes, definitely. A highlight of Pesach was for sure being able to do Hollow with people, I think. Our, our davening was really, really lovely, and being able to sing out loud. We've been gathering safely in, to daven, but we haven't really been singing because we've been indoors. Um, so being outdoors, having the weather be nice, and... Singing all together was really a highlight for me.
1: Yeah, I would say being outdoors and having the weather be nice were, I I guess, in my experience, were two different uh, (laughs) stages of of Pesach. Because we, you know, (laughs) the forecast was for warmer weather and we scheduled outdoor tfilot, uh, the return of outdoor tfilot for, I guess, starting with the first day of Yom Tov. But it um, wasn't actually like really nice outdoor spring weather until the eighth day, in my experience. Mm.
0: Um, Well, the truth is, well, families came out for the playground. Uh, families get together even on the first days and that was really really lovely there's a lot of really great energy and people played safely together and it was nice to see everyone
1: that's true that was nice that was in the afternoon so the afternoon it had warmed up a little bit <laughs> I would say I, I was there as well that was really nice uh, I was there with uh, Sannyanatan who had a great time and I had a great time uh, <laughs> uh, and I even on the first those first days but uh, the shakri was still a little a little chilly and yes. And, uh, yeah um, but the last day was lovely. It was sunny. It was spring. The there were birds, birds were singing. Yeah, they were like chirping along with Hallel. It was like really great. I, I, I think there's, uh, when the weather's nice, outdoor davening is, well. I know we don't have like, some shuls have like, I don't know, like gardens and like lawns and like really nice grounds for the outdoor tila. We have a kind of, i don't know like gritty authentic urban environment for our parking lot but but i don't know like there's still birds somehow and we put
0: out a public call for decorating the parking lot?
1: i I was thinking (laughs) there's not a lot of room for that we need the parking spaces but maybe if you
0: have an idea Feel free to approach one. Of I us. think we
1: can fit like a little narrow planter on that like cement thing, like uh, <laughs> by the fence. I, I think that could work. We could
0: shout out to the green team.
1: Maybe flowers or vegetables or something. I don't know. I think that would make <laughs> our outdoors feel out even nicer. But uh, I don't know. The birds find places to sing, and Very true. when the weather's nice, it's really great to be outdoors. And so for the next couple of weeks, we'll be outdoors for certainly Shabbat morning, uh, and uh, you know maybe some other tefilot as well. And and it's it's I guess you know what I'll say. Even nicer than being outdoors and the birds and singing Hallel. And the weather was. There were people who came to shul who had not been praying with us in person. Yes. Um. Some yes. of some of them since since we moved indoors last, uh, I guess November, and some of them, uh, really for over a year. This is the first time back, you know, yes. and that was I've, really uh, really great.
0: I've gotten to meet people that I've only emailed or spoken with on the phone, and that was really really nice to put a face to the name and yeah. meet in person.
1: So I'm yeah. You, yeah. And I'm so hoping like more of that to come right in the weeks to come. There should be more of that. I think you know hopefully other shuls. You know, I don't know if you've listening all over the world actually <laughs> so hopefully you're still too uh the weather's nicer where you are and and you can dive in outdoors or e- even indoors and safely with more people and you know into mean, this even even in recent weeks as vaccination has spread in our community there have been people who have you know been drifting back one by one two by two back yes. into our input in you know indoors as well as they've as their vaccination has been completed and mm-hmm. and that Please, God is, is continuing to ramp up and we will be successful. And, and that's also great. Whatever it takes to get people back are really, really eager, We're eager to see you. Eager to see your seats are here waiting for you. The shul's waiting for you. And uh, you know, I've told people you can talk to God anywhere and you can pray anywhere. But there's something really nice about, about seeing others and being in community. I, I've, I've missed it. And I, I'm, it's been great that that's been, been possible. Um, we actually had a minion just about every day of, of O'ed. That was sort of nice. We, we sort of haven't had our, our weekday minion has taken a real hit uh, in the last, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I'd say six months. Actually, I think we, you know, we, we closed all, you know, the shul to in-person tefillah last March, and we reopened in June of last year. And I'd say June, July, August, September, we had a pretty good track record of. A minion about once or twice a day, you know, like not chocolate every day, but we had Min almost every day through the summer. Yeah. And that was great. Um, and then uh in the winter we came indoors and a few people drifted out, and the news was very grim and that people made choices that were responsible <laughs> for them. And you know, but there are what there wasn't a daily minion for most of the last six yeah. months. And Cholamoid, we have these visiting uh you know, grandparents and parents who dragged their uh, kids with them or inspired the kids. 7 a.m.
0: chakras. It, it
1: was really ni- it was was ni- nice to have uh, just the regularity again of, of the regular occurrence. Really, it was really great. So I hope hopefully uh, a few more people decided to come a little bit more often would have a dramatic uh, increase in the reliability of our weekday And It's a real important communal resource. For a long time we've been the only uh, congregation in the neighborhood that has a minion three times a day, and uh, it's a source of some sadness that we haven't been able to offer that resource with anything close to the reliability in the pa- of, of what we've done in the past, and you know some of that reliability, we used to have lots of travelers and people here on business trips and coming to conferences who would who would you know help us make a minion. but it also means that there are lots of travelers who weren't part of our community who depended on, on us to be right. that Jewish resource when they came through Chicago. So, like it's not just us who are lacking or the whatever the six of us who are want to with the minion and can't. Like it's not just on us. It's like you know others really who throughout the world who counted on. There being a daily minion at 5:40 West Melrose, and we haven't provided that for six months, and I, I hope hope that at some point in game in the coming weeks, as a few more folks get vaccinated and a few more people feel comfortable, and then really it's not just vaccination; it's also people's schedules with their kids and childcare and getting you know just their work schedules. Everything is really unsettled now, so I,
0: yeah, it's been understandable. But if you do come, you get to see all the budding trees on West Melrose, which is really lovely and been a highlight of walking to shul lately.
1: Isn't it nice? It, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm stopping to notice the flowers. So if you come, you can come and see the flowers.
1: It, there's even nicer things. In the next coming week, we have some really pretty flowers in the shul. Um, oh. Our lawn, I don't know what you call it, like the, like the little planting area in front of the shul. We have irises that bloom every oh, I'm spring. I'm so excited. It's like a couple days only, but it's like really great. And uh, we also have Melrose Henge is coming up around now always. Uh-huh. That's when, like the sunrise, like on your way to Shaka, the sunrise. We have that back in New York, yeah. It's a different day of the year. It's a different day of the year. <laughs> I think, yeah. So Melrose Street Henge is like around this time of year. Oh, so that's so it's,
0: fun. Oh, I'm looking forward. Uh,
1: um, I think, yeah, I think also we're going to try to serve coffee. I think, you know, so as you're listening to this, maybe you'll see an email from the show that will serve coffee to go. So just, again, yeah, trying to make it easier for folks, trying to encourage people. Um, and I, I think it can be a really um, valuable, like, spiritual practice to pray with a community, not just by oneself, I think for many people, you know, I think for some people that like they have to rush and so it's not so great to daven with a minion. I think for others, it can ke- keep you from rushing too much or like force you to like, okay, I'm going to spend at least 25, 35 minutes on Chakrit, which maybe I'm not doing if I'm on my own. So mm-hmm. I think that can be, you know, the the, the chips fall differently for different people. Mm-hmm. I think for I know for sure, some people like to, if they were diving on their own, it would be 45 minutes or an hour, you know, to really say every word with full intention, and like, that's, you know, that's, that's beautiful. I think for many others, given all the pressures and distractions, it's very hard to even to carve out 25, 30 minutes for a is is hard if you're not with a minion kind of pushing you to kind of dedicate that time. So yeah. I think it can be a valuable spiritual practice and then a, a way to provide for the community. There are um, often the people who come are those saying Kaddish are particularly vulnerable and to have friendly faces... Um, men and women, supporting them in that practice, I think, is really, like, invaluable. And I've sort of seen that over the years, something really, really, really nice. Let's talk about Sarana Omer. That's like a mitzvah that we are in the midst of right now. Or, or I don't know, we, I, I guess maybe I'm, you know, conceding too much by saying it's a mitzvah we're in the midst of. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's maybe, 49.
0: Right. <laughs> maybe there are 49 separate mitzvot that yet are waiting for us to snap up, which are great.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so let, let's share. So, the, I guess there are two different opinions, right? I guess it's one. One. I mean, there there are more than two opinions. There are there are qu- quite a few opinions about the like the halachot and the the conceptual underpinnings of the. Some say that it's one mitzvah. I guess with forty nine um, parts. Parts and the other is that there are
0: that each day is a mitzvah unto itself, counting yeah. each day.
1: So the real like nafgamina, the real. Um, like practical, where the rubber meets the road for this dispute would be someone who forgets to count a day. So according to the first opinion, such an individual has lost their opportunity to do the mitzvah. They miss it for this year. Uh, And uh, those who are concerned for that position would say, better not to count with a bracha because maybe you...
0: Maybe you have an incomplete mitzvah, but certainly you should uh, keep counting.
1: Yes, yes, definitely keep counting. Keep counting,
0: but you would not say a bracha. And according to the second opinion... If each day is a mitzvah unto itself, then of course you would continue to count with a bracha. So big nafgamina
1: there. Yeah. I think the general halacha consensus is that if you forget an entire day, please continue counting but without a bracha. And if you, you know forget to count, you know, like for a portion of the day, you remember in the afternoon or in the morning, oh, I didn't count last night, so so then you would you would um, continue to you would count that day without a bracha, because you missed the full day. But since the entire 24 hours didn't elapse, there was no number that you missed, you would, um, like, continue. There's, like, all these great halachic questions about Sireta I feel like I could just, like, list the questions without answering them. Just, just I don't know, like, there's, like, what if somebody becomes a uh, bar bar mitzvah in the middle of Sireta Omer? Like, so they were counting, but, like, not as, you know, uh, adult obligated in a mitzvah. I know a very learned uh, and impressive, precocious bar mitzvah kid who gave his, like, bar mitzvah speech about this dispute, and then I think he Shared what his practice was, you know, and then at, he counted at, in
0: front of everyone. I
1: think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he decided, but that was like his like big you know thing. This is like that kid is probably like I don't know, probably one of his kids now. It was a long time ago, but uh, yeah. it was like a cool, cool story that I heard of that uh, someone who did that. But, okay, what other and then maybe similarly somebody who uh, maybe wasn't someone, Jewish like and converts someone converts in the middle, which is actually probably like fairly common. This is yes. like like a like a lot of. Um, you know, people try to convert leading up to Shavuot or just, you know, whatever, this time of year. You know, it's not, not uncommon. This would be a question for Converse to Judaism to kind of wrestle with. Other good ones? What else? What if you, oh, here's the what if you write the date uh, in a uh, in a letter?
2: Hmm. Does that
1: count? To, do you have to, like, say it? Or if you just say, you know, today is the next day of the Omer, you know, like that's a...
0: What if you count days and not weeks?
1: Good one, right? The mitzvah, it seems like in the Torah, in one place says, you know, count all the days, and one place the Torah suggests you count weeks, maybe it's two overlapping mitzvot, and we do both of them together, so we would say today, you know, like last night, we counted eight, so that was eight days, which is seven we- uh, one week and one day, right? Got that right? And, and right? Thank you. So, um, so what, what if you've, like, left out the good, you know? There's one position that if you forgot, I think if you forget, this is, I think, the Beit HaLevi, um, that if you forget to count a day, so you no longer can count with a bracha, but if you forgot... If the day you forget is within the, within the first week, then you get to still say a bracha on each of the um, like 7, 14, 21, because mm. that's like a, maybe a separate mitzvah, and so you can say the bracha for that, for those nights, if not Very for the other nights. That's a fun one, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, good. Yeah. So all these, you know, mitzvah, these mitzvahs, like about something also, like it's about preparing for...
0: Right, it's really interesting to think about the philosophical underpinnings of that, of What does it mean to actually prepare yourself for Matan Torah or whatever it is we're counting up to, but traditionally Matan Torah. What does it mean to really get yourself in the mindset of something or I guess meditate on your devotion to something. What does it mean to have complete devotion to Torah, to mitzvot, Does it have to be every day, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Bigger questions of what does it mean to have an incomplete
0: love or or, right, what does that mean?
1: Sure, sure, right. So if Passover we commemorate the Exodus and Shavuot we commemorate standing at sign and receiving the Torah. So this mitzvah the mitzvah's about preparing and and like being somebody worthy of uh, right, if you see yourself as if you left Egypt on Passover, so how do you see yourself as worthy of standing at Sinai 49 days later? That that takes preparation. Okay. And,
0: Especially in the Kabbalistic understanding where each day has its own bichina, its own characteristic to it. So say if you skipped that step in the preparation, something's really missing because you've missed out on something unique to that day.
1: Oh, that, that's uh, intense. <laughs> what?
0: This mitzvah is intense. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay. Also say- that's why it's such a fun game because you're like, can I keep up this consistency for 49 days? Like what does that look like? Especially in i don't know in like today's world where our attention is kind of pulled everywhere to say like i managed to maintain my dedication to this effort for 49 days i understand that we're jewish all the time but this is like being consciously consciously doing a mitzvah every single day in a way that's not by rote because it's something that only exists for these seven weeks
1: very nice Um, yeah yeah it requires
0: special attention
1: totally totally also, I'll just say, right? The the other aspect of these holidays in the Torah is, is the connection to the agricultural cycle in ancient Israel, which is also like a very like Pesach is Chag Aviv. It's the first sprouts of the of the harvest, the grains. Like the, I guess not grains yet. It's the stalks of um, the grass that's going to become the the grain. Uh, and then Shavuot is a harvest of a grain harvest festival, and so it's right. in Pesach, that matza and Shavuot bread was brought into the temple, so it's a real ripening harvesting things I don't know uh, yeah I always
0: take it to the metaphor I'm not a farmer, <laughs> not a I'm farmer. Like, well if you don't nurture that you know that aspect of your relationship with God or with other people or in your personality then that doesn't grow right whatever seeds you plant are the ones that grow that's uh, the
1: that's, uh, that's very nice it's <laughs> like uh, Somebody that's, once said, right? The grass, the the grass is green where you tend it. That was a line that you know. It's not. It's not the other side of the fence. It's or where you, you tend you it. Or you
0: reap what you sow is you like the. That's, yeah, all right. Yeah. Is the lots of, that aforism, lots of aphorisms. Lots of aphorisms. about that yes. thing is
1: growing. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think on a literal level, it's pretty important too. We want to eat. Okay. That's like a you know. Also true. Yeah. Okay. So um it's a great, a great chance. If you if you're listening to this and you forgot, okay, keep counting anyway. Maybe without a bracha or and probably without check a bracha. check our
0: Facebook updates for reminders. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so many, so many so many, great opportunities now to get reminded on how to answer the I mean, I think coming to shul is a really great way. I think I, you know, the...
0: That is definitely true. <laughs> coming to Mincha is really, really a great way to stay on track. I also heard from some community members that they leave notes on their pillow in the morning so that before they go to bed, they see the note on the pillow... And they remember to count.
1: But how do they remember to write the note in the morning? I feel like I would need something like an additional like intervention to just, you know, well I, they don't.
0: They do this, and I great. thought it was really great. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: that's, that's great. That's great. They're, yeah, you can get text reminders, you can sign up for all sorts of all sorts of things, but it's it's uh it's nice. And the reward is you get cheesecake at the end, okay? We have chef a wonderful holiday, a great holiday.
0: You
1: get uh, mitzvah. Get mitzvah. <laughs> you get mitzvah, or right, maybe a mitzvah each night or Star one big mitzvah, mitzvah. mitzvah. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Celebrating it, celebrated by culminating with Cheesecake on Chefabet for those who like cheesecake.
0: So, we're really excited on this episode of The Straw Hat to have guests back on The Straw Hat. We did a quick Instagram poll on who we should have as our illustrious uh, first guest back. And uh, we are here with Talia Seidner and Zvora Kaplowitz who are two very industrious, entrepreneurial, 13-year-olds in our community who just led an amazing Cholomued, Pesach Cholomoed crafts camp. So we thought we'd bring them on to talk a little bit about who they are, their connection to the shul, their favorite memories of the shul, what they're looking forward to, and tell us a little bit about what inspired their creativity, their camp. So welcome to Talia and Devora. Hi. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and your connection to Anche Shalom. Uh, Talia, why don't you go first?
2: Um, okay. So more recently before COVID, we were really starting to go to Anche Shalom a lot more often. And I was going there almost every week and I would see Devorah and that was fun. But um, after COVID started, it was annoying because we had really started going to Anche Shalom and I think we would have been for like, the whole past year if it weren't for COVID.
3: Mm. Yeah, what about you, Dwork? Um. Well, when my parents and I moved to Lakeview from Ann Arbor, when I was six months old, we started going to Anche Shalom. So we've been here for about 12 and a half years and there's a really nice community here. And I really miss um, being at Shul and all the tefillot that we get to do together as a community.
0: Yeah, me too. I got to say. People have told me so much about the vibrant filot that we've had. And thank God we're coming back. We're coming back. But uh, maybe you guys can tell me a little bit about your benot Mitzvah that happened not too long ago at the shul, which were pretty cool. And you were very, uh, uh, you did a lot for your benot Mitzvah. You prepared a lot. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, Deborah.
3: So my bat mitzvah was a little over a year ago. Um, I did it over President's Day weekend. And so I led a women's Kabbalah Shabbat on Friday night. And then I did a Dvar Torah on the main shul for Parshat Yitro. And that was really nice, um, having a Kabbalah Shabbat with all the women. And then on Monday morning of President's Day, I did a Shacharit service where I did another Dvar Torah. Parashat Team And I read Parashat Team and I led davening. So it was a lot, but it was great.
0: Amazing. A lot of Torah. That's how we like it. <laughs> and how about you, Talia? Do you have like a favorite memory from your bat mitzvah, from leading? Yeah.
2: From- um, what I find really interesting is that neither of us actually had our bat, bat mitzvah on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, mine was on Sunday, the second day of Sukkot. And I read Torah and half Torah, and I also led Hallel, and that was really it was pretty impressive. It was really interesting to learn Hallel because I've had so many chances to use it, and I mean, this is in COVID, so I can't imagine how many uh, um, how many times I'll
0: be able to use it when we go back to normal. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, and we're uh, we had amazing Hallel over Pesach, um, where we got to sing together as a community, and I remember the Hallel that you led. was really, really beautiful. Um, And I'm glad that you have that skill now in your back pocket and you'll be able to, God willing, use it soon again at shul to lead women's filah in Hallel. Um, Where are your guys' seats in shul? Where do you sit? Um, Well,
3: when we are both at shul together on Shabbat, Talia and I would normally sit together in the middle, somewhere in the middle of the women's section, and we would follow along with the Torah reading and sometimes we'd read the English side of Chumash to find out more about what the Swakes Parsha was about, like, things that they didn't teach us in school, and we would, like, read the Chumash together, so... Oh, that's so fun. What's something that
0: they didn't teach you in school that you guys learned together while reading Chumash in shul?
3: Um, Well, the Chumashim there has, like, family trees of, like, all of the avod and and... There were some, like,
0: relations and stuff that we didn't really know about. Okay. Big plug for reading along with the Parsha, because you learn things that you maybe didn't notice before every single time that you look again. So that's awesome. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about your holomoid craft camp that you guys just ran, which I had the pleasure of attending for most of the days, almost all of them. I missed one. And the creativity that you guys showed while running this camp was really phenomenal. And I can say, speaking as, a, as someone who has um, experience in education, learning how to plan a curriculum is not a simple skill. And each day, you 2 filled an hour and a half of time for uh, classes that catered to a range of ages. And there were all these different activities that uh, incorporated all different kinds of senses and different kinds of learning and lots of fun. And it was just phenomenal. I think uh, you guys are really primed to be uh, educators in some sense in the future, should you choose to, to pursue that in any shape or form, whether that's uh, formally or informally. Um, tell us a little bit about how your Zoom camp got started.
2: Uh, okay, so um, it was this past summer. Um, everything kind of fell apart, like the plans for the summer. All the camps were canceled. There wasn't much to do. And I was just kind of thinking, like, how are camps going to work? Are we going to have to, like, go on Zoom? And I started thinking, like, wait, if people can just do a Zoom camp, why can't I just lead a Zoom camp? Like, I might only be 12 years old at the time, but I can lead a Zoom camp. And so then I, like, called up all of my friends, and I told them all about the idea, and they all thought it was really cool. So we made it happen.
0: Yeah. I love that. You're like, why not me? That's a great attitude that I hope you carry forward. Uh, into everything that you do. I'm like, I can do this, which you obviously can. You guys are both very, very talented. In the summer when
3: we did the camp, we did it with a few more of our friends, and we made our own website, and we had to advertise to get people to come to the camp, and then we had to, like, plan all the activities. So something that we found that was really fun to do that we did in actually all the times that we did the camp in the summer, in the winter, and on Pesach – was we did, like, theme of the week or theme of the day, and then we did, like, activities that have to do with that theme.
0: Right. Uh, You want to tell us a little bit of what you did on Pesach?
3: Yeah. So we did, like, different parts of, like, the Passover
2: story. So we did the first day was all about Moses in the basket and also Egyptians and pyramids. Then the second day was all about the ten plagues, so we did a different activity for each plague. The third day was about splitting
0: of the sea. And the fourth day was all about the Seder. Yeah, we had some we had some very creative uh, Passover Seder plates at the end of that activity, which I liked very much. Uh, Deborah has show and tell. She still has her Passover Seder plate that we created together uh, in her room, <laughs>
3: which is awesome. Yeah, we did it on a paper plate and we drew
0: each thing that's on the Seder plate. Yes, I had a lot of good Pesach art left over for the second days, decorating my apartment after participating in your classes. Also... I did the fun uh, plague counting activity that you guys did, which is really hard actually, where you had us all count to 10 uh, and try to count to 10 without saying the same number at the same time, which was quite a challenge. Uh, I tried it with with some people on the second days of the holiday. And uh, I I mean, we did get it on the first try, but it was a fun game. (laughs) It was a fun game to try. Um, So you gave me a lot of creative activities and ways of thinking about Uh, about Pesach that I wasn't engaging with before in these creative, artistic, colorful ways, Uh, lots of games, lots of movement, lots of fun. Uh, What do you have plans in the future for your Zoom camp? Um, I
2: think we'll try to continue it. I'm hoping that eventually we'll be able to do some sort of thing in person because we're slowly getting back to normal.
0: Mm That would be great. That would be great.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We're hoping to do some sort of outdoor camp maybe in the summer
0: or maybe still on Zoom. We don't know. Yeah. And I just want to say uh, so many families have said it's wonderful to have the two of you as role models for their younger kids to see you guys so involved in shul and engaged in Torah learning and in Torah activities uh, and showing such a love for it. So Kala Kavod, hats off to you guys for all the creativity and the love of learning that you've showed and that you inspire in the younger kids in the Ajay Shalom community. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.